welcome to the Virtually Done podcast. My name is Gemma and I'm the founder of Virtually Done. The Virtually Done podcast is created as a space to start important conversations that are often overlooked and speak to women in business with amazing stories and even better advice. It makes me so happy that you're here listening and I would absolutely love for you to tag me on social media at Virtually Done and let me know what you think. My hope is that you're able to take something away from every single episode that you can action into your business and that you're able to gain an insight into the behind the scenes of what running a business is really like. So let's dive in. It is currently a Sunday, so technically I shouldn't be working. Um, But I was sat there thinking about some of the topics that come up with my clients really regularly and some of the topics that come up in conversations I maybe have in the DMs or if I'm doing market research. And there are a couple of things that come up all of the time. And one of those things is client relationships. And it makes sense that this is a really important topic and something that is kind of at the forefront of service providers' minds because without those client relationships, you don't have a business. So it's really, really important. And I see this come up in virtually every conversation I have with service providers. And the difficult thing about this is that although it's a common problem, everybody's individual situation is very different. So it's quite a difficult thing for me to advise on without working with everyone one-to-one. And whenever I see people struggling with these sorts of things, I really want to work with them one-to-one. I'm like, oh, just come and work with me and we can sort through this together. We can write emails together for your clients. Like we can like really easily, usually much easier than you think, we can turn around these client relationships that are not working fully for you at the moment um, and turn it into something that is so much easier for you and also beneficial for you and the client. But although I have all that excitement to work with people, I understand that not everybody can invest in one-to-one at the moment for millions of different reasons. And so I was sat there thinking, how can I help people in that situation? without them needing to invest in one-to-one if they're not able to. And I was like, should I put together a course? Should I do a masterclass? And then I was like, why don't I just do a podcast episode? Because then everybody can listen and everybody can hopefully not necessarily learn something, but take something away from this episode. Even if it's just knowing, okay, your gut feeling is right or feeling a bit more certain about a decision you were going to make. So I'm going to talk a little bit about those client relationships and how they can work better for you and the client. So the question I always recommend you start with, and this goes not just for client relationships, but for virtually anything in your business and sometimes in your life too, is, is this scalable? Um, So an example of this would be if at the moment your clients are communicating with you on whatever platform they choose, is that scalable? So if you've got a client who emails you, a client who phones you, a client who texts you, a client who WhatsApps you, a client who uses Slack and a client who Facebook messages you, which is so common, by the way, I hear this so often. Um, I get that initially you just want to make life easier for the client and you just want to use whatever tool they want to use um, and you think you're doing a good thing. And I totally get that. But is that a scalable thing to do? So if you had 10 clients, 20 clients, 30 clients, if you really want to grow and kind of become more of an agency, maybe more than that, 100 clients, Is it going to be practical to have all of the clients communicating in various different platforms? Also, if you're looking to hire, so if you want associates to help you out, realistically, how are they going to step in? If all your clients are texting you, phone calling you, 
How is your associate going to step in and manage that client if the client is communicating with you in all sorts of different ways and quite often with your personal phone as well? So just something to think about is whenever you're doing something with a client, whenever you say yes, whenever you suggest something or whenever they suggest something, or maybe when you feel like something is just not fully working, stop for a moment and ask yourself, is this a scalable decision? If the answer is no, chances are if you don't deal with it now, you're going to have to deal with it in the future. And this tends to be where my one-to-ones are when they come to me. They have said yes to lots of different things, whether that is communicating on different platforms or creating personalised packages for each client or offering them a discount for a certain amount of hours or maybe agreeing to do a phone call every week or meeting them in person. They've said yes to a bunch of things, usually because they think it's the right thing to do. And then they come to me because they suddenly want to grow the business or maybe they are growing the business naturally and they suddenly realize, oh my gosh, like this isn't scalable. Like I can't keep up with how things are. And that's the point they come to me and we have to kind of do a little bit of work backwards to tidy everything up before we can move forwards and look at their plan for growth. And so many entrepreneurs get to that point where they stop and they think, oh no, something needs to change. Um, My clients are usually at that point. I've been there myself. And so if that is you, and you realize you've kind of made some decisions that are, I guess, harming you more than helping you, it's totally okay. Like, don't be embarrassed that you're at that point because so many people get there because we have to like learn from our mistakes, right? Um, But also if you're not there yet, perhaps you're earlier on in your business, this is just a reminder to say no now and to really think it through now and think ahead and think, is this scalable now? Because if you do, you might actually stop yourself, prevent yourself from getting to that point that I'm referring to. Um, so always be thinking, is this scalable long-term? And the other thing is it's not just about scalability in terms of like the practical sense and for outsourcing and, um, you know, time management. It's not just about that. It's also about scalability of, of your energy, right? Of your mental health. Can you really be dealing with multiple different clients who push the boundaries or there is no boundaries and they're contacting you out of hours or maybe they have crazy expectations of turnaround times or maybe they assume that you're always available for them all these different things that usually are done unintentionally you know your clients might be very good people but they just don't realize because the boundaries and the expectation hasn't been communicated in advance um but not only is that on a practical level not scalable but how long can you cope with that right? So if you're working solid hours and you're really motivated, you might be able to deal with that boundary pushing for a period of time because it's like, okay, it's okay because I'm trying to get this goal. We kind of push past it and ignore it. Um, But how long can you actually do that for? And if at the moment you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed or feeling a little bit overworked or underappreciated or whatever it is that you're feeling as a consequence of those client relationships, you might be able to cope with that for a month three months, six months, 12 months, you know, depending on you as an individual. But can you cope with that for like three years, five years, 10 years? And the chances are when you look forward, you think, no, actually something needs to change. So overall, typically what I see is a service provider with a bunch of clients and they know realistically that in the long run, something will need to change because things are not working as it is at the moment. But we put off that change for fear we're scared like what if my clients leave what if my clients don't like it what if my clients then ignored my requests and i have to leave them like there's just a lot of fear around what if 
And so we put it off and put it off and put it off until we can't put it off anymore. And you're at this point of, oh my gosh, I hate my business, <laughs> right? And I hope that you don't get to that point. But I've been to that point and some of my clients have been to that point and it can be prevented. So I'm gonna give you a couple of different tips about client relationships that I hope will help you or prevent you getting to that point or even if you're at that point, help you move through it. So my first one is have your client communication in one place. Um, this is gonna make your life so much easier, I can't even tell you. Not only does it put a boundary in place with the client and it shows that you are taking the lead with the relationship, it also shows that you have that authority and that you're an expert because you're saying, actually, my experience of, of working with lots of clients suggests that this is the best platform for us to communicate on, whatever that platform is to you. Um, actually, the client might not know best. Sometimes we assume that they do, but if they've never worked with a freelancer before, chances are they're just communicating with you how they communicate with everyone else. There's not necessarily a reason for it. You need to trust yourself as a service provider that you do know the best way to communicate with your clients because you are probably more experienced in client relationships than they are. So if you have a particular tool, whether that is email, whether it's Slack, whether it's Voxer, whatever it is that you love to use, trust yourself that you know that that's a good tool to use and it's gonna benefit you and your client. So pick one platform and also be very, very clear on the expectation. So rather than just saying, hey, here's my email address, we communicate via email, you need to say, this is what we communicate via email, and this is how often I'm gonna check my emails, okay? Because, for example, you might have your tasks separate. You might want them to put your tasks on Asana, and so you don't want them emailing you tasks, you want them putting your tasks on Asana directly. Email might be for things like questions about invoices or if they wanna request more hours or something like that. So not only do you wanna communicate the one singular communication platform you're gonna use, but you also wanna communicate what that platform is used for and how often you're gonna check it. So you don't want them to think that you live in your inbox, although most of us do. Um, you don't want them to think that you're available at the end of your email address 24 seven. So you might wanna say, I will check the inbox periodically between nine and five. Or you might wanna say, I only check my inbox once a day. Um, I check it first thing in the morning and then I'll check it the following day. So just set the expectations so that they know what to expect. The second thing, which I've briefly mentioned already, is to have a task management system. So you can communicate with your clients in wherever you want to, but also think about where do you want tasks to be uploaded? Because if you've got, for example, Voxer, let's say that's your tool that you love to communicate with, um, if your clients are voice noting you tasks, that's really difficult because you've got to stop, you've got to listen to the whole voice note, you've got to take notes on what they're saying, then you might have to upload that to Asana. It gets particularly tricky if you've got associates or team members because you can't just forward the voice note on, it needs to be kind of transcribed and it just becomes a little bit difficult. So really think about not only how do you want to communicate with your clients, but how do you want tasks to be communicated, which might be completely different. So if you're using something like Asana, and that's where your client tasks are held, or perhaps you use Trello or Monday or ClickUp, are you gonna ask your clients to directly upload tasks in there for you? So rather than them sending you a message and saying, hey, can you do this? And then having a bit of back and forth about when the deadline is and what they need and all that kind of stuff, can they actually directly upload the tasks that they want you to do onto the board, set you a deadline, assign it to you, put any notes in there that you're gonna need so that then you can just log into Asana, Trello, wherever you're using, and you can just get on with things. Because think about how much time that's gonna save you, and also think about how much of that back and forth you're gonna eliminate. 
but also you can see that by doing all these things, not only are you helping yourself, but you're also helping your clients be more organized. You're helping your clients take more responsibility. And that's really important because we often think that we're helping our clients by you know, taking everything off them and, and allowing them to push the boundaries and things, but are you helping them or are you hindering them? Because don't forget what your job role is. And you might be a VA, you might be a social media manager, you might be a content writer, whatever it is that you're doing, that is your role that you're hired to do. Whereas when you start kind of organizing your clients and, you know, um, going back and forth and being like, oh, don't forget to send me this, you're actually kind of hurting them in the long run because if your client relationship were to end, they haven't just lost a content writer, they've lost the person that's organizing their whole business, right? And I see this so often where people go above their role to try and help the, the business owner, the client, but actually that might be hurting them in the long run. And all of these boundaries and all of these expectations are actually going to help them manage their own business. Because if you were to end your relationship for whatever reason, they think, well, actually, I've got a really good communication tool. I'm going to use that with my next VA or I'm going to use that with my own team members. And I've been using Asana and that's helped me get really organized. And now I can continue to use that without my VA. So you're actually helping them by helping them be organized. And the third thing is to make sure your time is actually paid for. <laughs> I know this sounds so straightforward, but if I, I'm going to ask you two questions, right? First one is how many hours do you get paid for per week? My second question is how many hours did you spend working per week? Quite often what I see here is that someone will say, oh, I do like 40 hours a week. And then I say, well, how many of those are you being paid for? And they look and they're only getting paid for like 15, 20. And I'm like, well, where are the rest of those hours going? And they don't know. And usually these hours are some of it will just be switching between tasks. Some of it will be spent in the inbox and you haven't recorded that time. Some of it will be checking all of your different messaging platforms or uploading tasks that they've sent you onto Asana. And these are all little bits and pieces of time that you're spending on your clients that you're not actually tracking. So ask yourself those two questions. And in theory, the amount of work that you're doing and the hours that you're being paid for should be the same number. And if it's not the same number, then you need to look at where that kind of time is being sucked into because it means that you're actually not getting paid for all the hours that you're working. And things that I've just mentioned, you know, the client management, having one um, communication tool and having the expectations, really, really clear about that and only checking your inbox once a day, like all these other things, they will help you. And hopefully it will bring down the difference between those two, two times. Um, but just be really aware of how much time is actually being spent unpaid because I guarantee that there is some time being lost there that better client management could solve. Fourth thing I want to mention is just being really open when you initially hire or get hired um, about what your role is going to be and what you will be responsible for. Because like I mentioned earlier, I quite often see service providers who offer a particular service and they were signed by a client to offer particular support. And then fast forward six months and they're doing everything right somewhere along the line. Um, this person has asked them, oh, can you do this or can you do this bit? Or I, I know that this is outside of your role, but can you help me with this? And somewhere along the line, what you were hired for and what you're now doing changes. So the best way of avoiding this and staying on top of it is making sure that in those initial um, pieces of communication with your clients, so whether they contact you by email or if you do a discovery call, for example, just being really, really clear on what it is your role is and what it is you will and won't do so that you've set the expectation from day one. Because again, I think a lot of this comes from 
trying to please the client, trying to over deliver. Um, and we just kind of want to make them happy, right? Which is a great thing because we all love what we do and we want to give a great service and get great feedback and all those things. But sometimes that can mean we end up doing stuff we don't even want to do or that we don't even offer. Um, so definitely communicate those expectations from day one. I would always say it's so much better to be upfront about what the client can expect so that you both know what you're doing and what you're not because it's going to save you so much time in the long run. And also there is sometimes a fear of what if I'm not making the client happy or what if I'm not delivering enough? But if you've had that initial conversation and said, here's what I do, here's the result you can expect, here's how we're going to track the results. And you're just having this very open conversation about the expectation. You're going to eliminate some of that fear. I see this a lot with um, people like social media managers who they know how to how to run social media accounts, but to grow an account is a complete other thing and it can take so much time. It also is partially on like luck and what Instagram boosts and it also depends on what happens in the world. It also depends on viral content. Like there's so much that can happen with social media accounts. And I see so many social media managers who are nervous because they're like, you know, I've been working with this client three months and she hasn't gained that many followers. I don't know if she's gonna leave. I don't know if she's unhappy. If you'd have communicated the expectation from day one, you would have felt a bit more relaxed because you'll know, okay, we haven't grown the account that much, but we already had a conversation before we started and she knows that that might be the case. She was okay with that and so I don't need to worry. So communicating the expectation, even when you think it's gonna be difficult, is so much better to do at the start of the relationship. And the final thing that I wanna mention, um, which I actually don't think is mentioned enough, is that the relationship goes both ways. So if you sometimes feel like, I'm not getting much feedback from a client. I don't know how they feel. Can you reflect on that yourself? Are you telling them how you feel? Because quite often our client will reciprocate what we do. If we give them very honest feedback, they will give us very honest feedback. If we tell them that, you know, um, the relationship is amazing and you love working with them, they will communicate that back to you. So if you're finding that you're lacking something in the client relationship, just check in with yourself and be like, well, am I giving that? right? Because the relationship works both ways and they might be feeling the same. They might feel unsupported. They might feel like they don't know if things are working. They might not know if you're happy working with them, right? So a lot of these fears and the kind of anxiety and apprehension that you get sometimes in these client relationships could be going both ways. So whenever you are facing a problem and you think, oh, this client just hasn't really communicated with me how they feel. So I just can't really tell if they're happy or not. I don't know if they're going to leave. The best thing that you can do in that situation is start a conversation and be honest with your client because then you will likely get that in return. So just messaging your client and saying, hey, you know, we've been working together for X amount of months now. I just wanted to check in and see how you felt. You know, this is what we've done. This is what we've worked on. These are the results that we've got. Um, you know, how are you feeling about everything? Is there anything that you want to work on or change? I'm here for that kind of open conversation and just open up that conversation. Okay, so just always be reflecting on your own behavior as well in those relationships because quite often if a client is pushing a boundary it's because you haven't implemented the boundary quite often when a client has unrealistic unrealistic expectations it's because you haven't communicated the expectation so i'm definitely not saying it's all your fault <laughs> i'm not putting the blame on you at all but definitely remember to look at your own behavior first because chances are it's an element of the client's behavior needs to change a little, but also yours might be as well. And just remember that a client relationship is a relationship. It's the same as friendships and romantic relationships in that 
you're not going to know what you want until you have that conversation and in romantic relationships we always say like honesty and communication all those things are so important it's the same thing in, in working relationships too so just be open to the idea that there might be some things you need to change as well to have the best possible client relationships so i hope that was kind of helpful these are some of the things that i might work through with my one-to-one -one clients and like i said i love working on this stuff one-to-one -one because everyone's situation is so different and there might be more things to focus on it might be that we need to put together a letter or an email that goes out to clients to reiterate the boundaries it might be that we um need to get like old contracts signed or increase rates or bring everybody up to the same rate and things like that so there's always very like unique things to work on which i absolutely love but i wanted to just do this episode and cover some more basic things that are i hope more, a bit more general and will help all of you so that if you can't access one-to-one -one at the moment um at least this might have given you some food for thought so like i said always be thinking is this scalable 